0: Good morning, everyone. On Friday morning, uh, His Royal Highness Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, died, as we all know by now. A little while after hearing the news, I received a text from John Naylor, who was meant to be preaching this morning, just asking the question. He wondered whether he, perhaps he would, it would be better for, to push him on a week and for me to share something and reflect upon this significant moment in our nation's history. If I'm honest, I wasn't convinced at first, and I'm not here to give a tribute to Prince Philip. There's lots of that going on already on our television and in social media and so on. But as I thought and prayed about it, I think it is important sometimes just to pause and stop and reflect at significant moments in our history and see God what do you want to speak to us about what do you want to say to us and there are in the Bible I know not everybody listening will know the Bible very well but there's a just a passing reference to a group of people a group of men called the sons of Issachar and it says of them that they understood the times that they lived in and what Israel must do and they're an example and an encouragement to us to think about and reflect upon and pray about lord what are the times that we're living in and how should the church respond to them and of course it's not really a surprise Um, prince philip was 99 and it doesn't necessarily represent a big cultural shift or a, a a political turning point in our nation but his passing does represent in a, as a significant profile the passing of a generation. And that's significant, I believe. His was the generation that fought in the Second World War, and we are the beneficiaries of that the freedom and the prosperity we enjoy. So it's a passing of a generation, and I believe the Bible teaches us to honor the previous generations. That have gone before us honor value learn from them because the bible teaches we've been looking at the whole thing about being rooted well we are rooted in history we are the beneficiaries of things that have been achieved before us and so i think we should honor those previous generations which prince philip represents but prince philip has been an almost permanent feature of our national landscape for over 70 years and so it is a reminder to us as well that nothing in this life is permanent and so even though we are rooted in history we also need to go deeper than that and be rooted in eternity as alison was reminding us two weeks ago and karen reminded us again this morning so i want us to reflect upon that and then i will indeed lead us in just a time of prayer for our queen queen elizabeth who apart from anything else is just mourning the loss of a husband of 73 years as she called him her strength and her stay so we'll pray for her and for her family let's talk about being rooted in history for a moment some people might think well why all this fuss and after all we all know prince philip had his faults he could put his foot in his mouth he could he could offend people with his irascible humor we realize that but you know one of the things i love about the bible is that it it honors generations that have gone before it honors the fathers and mothers of the faith Uh, without trying to cover over the faults and the failings and the times gross sins you know Marcus just very kindly said I've been like a father in the faith to him well okay thank you Marcus but he knows that I'm not a perfect person he knows my faults and flaws only too well but the Bible is like that it honors we're told in the Old Testament to worship the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob have you read their stories (laughs) have you read some of the things that they did Uh, for those of you not familiar with the Bible you probably will have heard of Moses Moses a great man of God but read his story the guy had anger issues that stopped him from getting into the promised land. King David. David, whose name resounds in the chambers of heaven because Jesus is called the son of David. The only other name that resounds in heaven is David's, besides Jesus. And yet you read his story, he had many, many faults and sins. So we are able, the Bible teaches us, to realize that people are not perfect, but we still honor them. And we can think that a person or a generation or an institution is imperfect but still able to honor that and by honoring it I mean valuing it and learning from it you see to some extent in some ways anyway we live in a little bit of a an age of outrage where we want to criticize and pull down what's gone before us it's like pulling down the house that history has built rather than simply repairing and restoring and improving it it's like the new generation wants to tear down what the old generation did. And then, of course, what happens is, as the years go by, then another generation comes down and tears down what they built. It's a foolish way to proceed. And the writer of the Ecclesiastes saw this tendency and lamented it. He said this in Ecclesiastes 1, verse 11. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. And Remembering in, in the Bible means valuing and honoring as well. But as Christians, we are called to honor previous generations. In fact, the psalmist talks about uh, God's everlasting kingdom going from generation to generation. And in Psalm 145, verse 4, I think it is, it says, One generation will commend your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. It's God's desire. It's God's purpose for there to be a mutual encouraging and honoring and valuing of the generations. It's why a prayer of my heart for over 10 years has been that of Malachi 4, 6, that, Lord, you would turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. There would not be generational conflict and division, but generational continuity and momentum. See, God chooses to work through history. He unfolds his purpose through history and it's important that we recognize our roots in history a little while ago just as a church community we had the temptation if you like to rubbish our whole history thankfully we we didn't do that we learned there were some things that we didn't want to bring out of our history but there were some things that we did and we learned and God spoke to us prophetically about valuing both the old and the new it's interesting in the book of Isaiah, within just a few chapters, Isaiah says, I'm doing a new thing, forget the past. And then he says, Remember the former things. You can only do this in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And God is doing a new thing, folks. There's something new springing up in our nation. It's exciting. He's doing a new thing. But as we embrace the new, we're also to remember and give thanks for the old. And in fact, I believe that we're more equipped to embrace the new thing that God is doing when we are grateful for and appreciate all that has gone before. So, Prince Philip represents a generation to which we are indebted. And so I am very happy to, unapologetically, thank God for him and for what he represents. I, I, in fact, I'm reading a book at the moment called The Road to Character, which is actually an encouragement to learn from previous generations about what they learned about building character. You see, we live in an age which says a lot about values but little about virtue. It talks a lot about expressing ourselves and little about forming or training ourselves. This book is about that, about training ourselves in character. And he points to some of the qualities that I think we see in people like Prince Philip, and of course not everybody, but certainly significant people in that previous generation. Some of us have grandparents, and we see these qualities in him. I thank God for his courage. He fought in the Second World War, as we said, and was mentioned in dispatches. I thank God for his resilience... I thank God for his faithful, dedicated service over 73 years to his wife as as consort. I thank God for his example of leadership in many areas of national life. I especially thank God for the Duke of Edinburgh Awards, through which many, many thousands upon thousands of young people from all kinds of backgrounds were given hope and were equipped and empowered for their future. Millions of lives touched by that. And I thank God for his willingness to sacrifice himself in the service of his wife, the Queen, and of our country. I thank God for him. But as well as reminding us that we're rooted in history, the passing of one who has been such a permanent feature of our national life, as I said, reminds us that nothing is permanent. I mean, this is a man who's been around... 70 uh, odd years in the national life where we've seen the the rebuilding of europe after the second world war we've seen the rise of the cold war we've seen the building of the berlin war and the coming down of the berlin Wall. he's seen it all he's been around for it all you think this man is a permanent feature and yet now he's gone there's something to be valued and honored about longevity about faithfulness and we do thank god for his faithfulness and his steadfastness it's a reminder that there's something within us, that, and that God is building something that is meant to last through all generations and for all eternity. I was reminded, as I thought of this, of a story I heard long ago of a, a seaside resort that was used as a kind of convalescence for soldiers who'd been fighting in the war and had been injured and sometimes traumatized by their experiences and they were sent to convalesce and to recuperate at this seaside resort and somebody observed when they were walking there at that time that all the benches at the seafront had been turned around because originally they'd been put with the back to the sea the ocean and facing all the small shops with all the I don't know kiss me quick hats or or bars of rock or candy floss or ice cream but those soldiers who had seen the horrors of war had turned the benches around so it was facing out to the ocean and to the horizon they weren't interested in those little fripperies they were interested in something which spoke of something bigger of something beyond of something eternal in this Throwaway culture—the here today and gone tomorrow culture—I um, find myself, I'm sure you do as well, longing for something of greater longevity. And this is because God has set eternity in the hearts of His people, as Alison reminded us. Yes, we enjoy the things of the moment; He's made everything beautiful in its time and its moment, but He set eternity within the hearts of men again the writer to the ecclesiastes in chapter one was not quite right when he said this generations come and generations go but the earth remains forever well actually even the earth doesn't remain forever at least not as it is the writer to the hebrews had it better when he said in hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 we that, 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 that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship god acceptab- acceptably with reverence and awe before that he just said the heavens and the earth will be shaken everything will be shaken nothing is permanent the only thing that's permanent the only thing that is unshakable is his kingdom it's that garden of new creation that i was talking about last week growing in the wilderness of our world that is the only thing that is eternal and so whilst we remember and give thanks to god for this man and for the generation he represents can we make sure that we're not only rooted in history, but that we are rooted in eternity? Now more than ever, we need to decide where we are rooted. And it says here in Hebrews 12, verse 28, Therefore let us worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. There are many things I could talk about that, get us, that keep us rooted in eternity. We've been reminded by, of some of them this morning. But the key thing is worship. What will we worship? What will we give our lives to? we've been reminded this year as if we didn't need any more reminding of the impermanence of things but we've been reminded this year that worship is not just about coming together to sing songs thank god for that and i hope that when we do come back together we'll appreciate it all the more from not having been able to do it but worship is a way of life my friends worship is about you can tell what you worship because everybody worships something you can tell who or what you worship by what you give your attention, your time, and your trust to. That will indicate to you what you worship. And I believe there's a, a good challenge coming to us from the Holy Spirit as we embrace the new thing that he's doing. Not only to remember the previous generation, but to be really clear on who and what we worship, who and what takes first place in our lives, because that's the way we get to be rooted in eternity. So I'm going to pray right now for the Queen and for her family and for our nation but can I just encourage you to remember be thankful for the previous generations because we're rooted in history but get clear on who and what you worship because we are rooted in eternity. Let's pray. Father, we just think right now of Her Majesty the Queen. Apart from anything else, she is just a lady who has lost her husband, a husband of 73 years. So we pray, O Father, that she would know you as the God of all compassion and the Father of all comfort. I thank you for her faith in you, and I pray that that faith will be a great strength to her now. I pray also that her family will be a great strength to her now. I pray for all of them, that they will know your comfort your encouragement, your presence, and I pray for our nation. Lord, in many ways, still a divided nation. I pray that the response to the death of His Royal Highness Prince Philip will not divide it further, but will actually contribute to bringing it together. But I pray also, Lord God, that more and more people in our nation will realize the impermanence of this life, and they will learn to Turn their eyes not to that which is seen and temporary, but to that which is unseen and eternal. And I pray that we would set an example of that as your people, as your church, by being those who live for another kingdom, those who live not for the kingdoms of this world, but the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and that we would indeed be rooted in eternity. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.